Welcome to the Far From Average podcast, where we speak about topics and interview people who are far from average, so you can take your business and take your life to the next level. I have an extremely special guest here with us today, six-figure earner and professional middleman. We're going to be talking about how you can make money on the online space, the offline space, without even having a product. This guy is a complete expert with this. He's made multiple six figures without ever even creating or needing to have any kind of product. So we're going to get into all that stuff, but go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. What's going on, everybody? My name is Amari, Amari Bryant from Miami, Florida, 20 years old. And um, I'm, ha I'm happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Yeah, man. We are so happy to have you. Now, we usually, when we get started, man, we want to know, how did we get to this point? You've been doing well, growing your social media, and professional middleman, which I love that. You don't even have to have a product because how how I got started was kind of in a similar space as you. I didn't really right. have, I didn't have the capacity to create a uh, product. Now you do, but when you're getting started, people are so worried about, they're so worried about having the best product or creating something that's without, that's out of their reach almost. And they don't build that solid foundation. I think that's where both you and I did did it correctly is we built a solid foundation. So what was that first business that helped you build that foundation? Oh man, first business, first business, first business. Like first business like when I was a kid or first business when I was like- Take us like as a, far as back as you can. Whatever I mean, you think is important. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, um, first of all, I got to say, number one, shout out to, you know, my mother. You know, she had me at 14 years old. Uh -huh. You know, so that alone is, you know, and for her to have me at 14 years old, you know, and for her to still go to college for free, still become successful when people were doubting her, you know, um, you know, for her to, you know, become a, a, a you know, a rock star in her industry of real estate um, for 20 some years now. Um, that's kind of where it started. Number mm. one, the underdog mentality, you know, not having everything that was like white picket fence. Yeah. But then also, you know, um, you know, when I was a kid, bro, just having these ideas of trying to make money, you know, when I was a kid. Um, in my, I was at, I think my godmother's house and we played, uh, we played, uh, Think and Grow Rich, the board game. Wow. And I didn't I, even know they had a board game. Yeah, they have a board game, bro. It's it crazy. And, um, I always understood the concept of buying low and selling high. So if I'm not mistaken, I think I was able to buy something for like $5 and sell it for 20, but at a, I bought a lot of them for $5 and uh -huh. I cast out at 20. And, um, that concept right there you know, stuck with me forever. And I won that game, you know, when I was like, I don't know, like 10, 11 years old. And then, you know, just going to school, you know, wanting to sell the lollipops and the, the chips and, you know, do those things and just find different things to bargain with to yeah. buy and sell. may not be yours, but, you know, if you have the access to get it at a lower price, you know, you sell it at a higher price. So I think that's where, for the most part, it started for me, you know, just that business-minded, but definitely – the origin is just, you know, my my upbringing. You know, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. And my question is, what makes somebody at a young age want to get into that? What may, like, what is the difference between someone who is eight years old and just wants to play and just wants to hang out and an eight-year-old who's playing a board game of think and grow rich? What do you think makes you different in that sense? I mean, I I just gotta I just gotta keep it I just gotta keep it a hundred. It's it's my upbringing, bro. I think it's the environment. Whatever environment you grow up in, 
you know, is the environment that kind of leads you to where you're going to go. Now, you can always change your environment, but as a kid, you can't necessarily really change your environment. Your environment is going to be your environment because you technically don't have any control over your environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, just, you know, growing up, although I grew up in a family atmosphere, I knew I had a single mom. Right. And I live with my mom, you know, so I always want to do something to help out, you know, even going to college. You know, I told my mother, you know, I said, listen, I'm not going to college unless I go to school for free. You know, we get into that later, but that's kind of where it started. That's the origin of, you know, I think how that, how that mindset starts between one kid who wants to become an entrepreneur or who has the, you know, numbers, you know, who wants to build businesses or whatever that looks like, Uh you know, um, and, and somebody else who wants to play. But also, I think it's like trying to find a shortcut. For when I was younger, I always try to find the shortcut, you know, and, and did it always mean the right way, the right direction? No. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like I always wanted to, you know, how do I get this for cheaper and sell it for higher? How can I, you know, pass this test without having to study eight hours like the other kid? How to get there uh, faster. Yeah, how can I study for four hours or three hours and still get the same grade? You know, yeah. so just little things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a great point with the shortcut or trying to get there the fastest way. I forgot whose podcast I was listening to, but he was like, people were asking him, are you doing get rich quick schemes? Mm. And he was like, you better hope I'm doing get rich quick schemes because money loves speed. A hundred percent. Money loves speed. A hundred percent. So how can somebody get in to an industry like you where you're, you haven't you don't create any products, but you bring so much value to the marketplace just by matchmaking people and somebody who has a product and somebody who needs a certain product, you match them together. How do we get into that space and what kind of skills do we need? So so I, I think number one, it the you you have to have the ability to one be open minded, but also, you know, going to co- when I was in college, right? Uh-huh. You know, I was never the kid that had his headphones in his ear. You know, I truly believe that, you know, everything is leverage, number one. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, in college, I was a kid who I wanted to build relationships. You know, I wanted to say what's up to everybody or, you know, be the life of the party, you know, things like that. So I think, um, I I think, you know, from a, from a, I forgot the question. (laughs) So what what skills (laughs) do we need to get in to the space that you're in? Like, Okay, I'm yeah. calling you the professional, ma- the right. professional matchmaker so, so, or a professional middleman. Yeah. You matching up people who have a certain product or service with the person who needs it. What kind of skills do I need to get into that? And you kind of got into right, just right. being open-minded. Right. Yep, so yep. in college, yeah. So in college, yeah, I was that kid. And I always knew how to, how to pair a person with a problem or a person with a solution to the problem. Mm. You know, and I think you just have to have good people skills. You know, I was raised around a community of people, although I did have a single mom, you know, um, I still was raised in a community, in a church family. You know, um, I went to church. You know, I, I went to school. You know, I never, like, really skipped school, you know. Um, I always wanted to be around people. Um, um, but then also it's a testament to me going to different schools. If, if you don't know this um, or know this, I went to – I didn't spend longer than two years uh-huh. in one school until I got to college. Wow. Now, some people may think of it as... Oh, from you, elementary. From elementary, from kindergarten, uh-huh. from 3K. You know, and I can name them off the top of my head. It's like 12 or 13 different schools. Wow. Up until I got to college. Um, and at that point, I still only... One college, I did three years. The other two, I did one and one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but people look at that 
and would say, oh, you're going from school to school. I look at it and say I was able, based off my personality, I was able to meet different people. I was able to, you know, go and, you know, learn how to, you know, interact with people of different races, you know. Um, yeah, that's huge. Different, di- you know, uh, male or female, you know, uh, different heights, you know, different nationalities, different religions. And I was never a judgmental person, you know. So I can take somebody in for who they are, not judge them, and uh-huh. still be able to, you know, help them or, or just relate to them. And then in, when it turns to that in business, you know, I don't create products. But then because I realize personality types, you know, I can pair a person with a problem, right? But then also, um, or with a product, but then also I know the art of leveraging. I know the art of getting, my, of getting myself out of the way mm-hmm. because a lot of times when people know when people know you, they know you for what they know you for. Yep. They don't know you for the businessman, for the credit expert, for the podcast guy, or the serial entrepreneur, or the person who's in the personal development, the person who yeah. wants to travel, get different cultures, get different perspectives, different points of views. They know you for what they know you for. So for me, you know, especially when you don't have a lot of credibility at first, like I did, didn't have years ago, Right. you know, I understood how to leverage my way to the top. Wow. So instead of you maybe talking to me about, the product or what we're trying to build, I may have you go and talk to somebody who's, you know, who has more results than me, somebody who has more Ooh. credibility than me, somebody who has more insight than me. And I go and edify that person, just like how you edified me at the beginning of this podcast. Yep. And now they go and put respect on my name based off what we're doing. And now you respect that you respect me even more because I respect them and you want the connection to the person that I'm putting you in contact with, yep. but you can't get that connection unless it's through me. That's that's a gem. <laughs> yeah. That's a total gem. Yeah. But having you mentioned something that was key is having somebody who has what you want. Right. Or who knows more than you. Right. You and I, you you were raised by a single mom. Right. That's what you said earlier, yeah. right? So both of us. Right. So growing up, mentorship was like extremely important to me because I wanted to make sure that I was on the right path. Mm-hmm. How important is mentorship and how, how important has it been in your life? So, I mean, mentorship is everything. And I think, you know, a lot of times mentorship comes from outside of our household. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mentorship is important because it's, um, it's important because I feel like we respect strangers more so than we respect the people that really love us Dang. and trust us. And that's only because of faith. Familiarity. It's the law of familiarity. Once you get familiar, too familiar with something, it has it no longer has the same effect on you. Yeah, it's like eating candy. You know, you can eat candy, become sweet. You know, you know, you get a little tingle, right, sensation. But after a while, you become numb to the feeling. Mm. So the same thing with mentors, and I think that mentors are important. And I don't think, and I do believe that you have to have mentors in different areas of your life. There's no such thing as one mentor for everything. Right. You have to have a mentor in your spiritual life, in your financial life, in your relational life, in your social life, you know, in your, you know, emotional life. You know, you have to have mentors. And mentors doesn't have to be somebody who's sitting face to face. Right. You know, most times, especially with YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, you can find mentors, you know, on, on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's where I found mine. Yeah, and, and you can literally follow their blueprint for free. Right. And as long as you want to be mentored, the mentor is going to mentor you because the mentor cannot force the student to learn. Right. When the student is ready, the mentor will teach. Exactly. You can't choose who you mentor. The right. men, the, the mentee chooses who mentors them. Right, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. It's extremely important because growing up, like, 
I lacked that. Mm-hmm. I lacked that male figure, and I always sought that. And that's I think that's how I got into this space because I was seeing dudes making this amount of money, making right. that amount of money. I'm like, I don't have a direct blueprint for that right in front of me, like somebody in my household. Because right. like you said, people, we respect the people that we don't even know more, which right. is crazy. And I, I know that firsthand, like a lot of my family members, I know for a fact need credit repair help. Mm-hmm. But I would be the last person that they went to for it. They might like peek around. Hmm, what does he got going on here? But they'll never let me know that they actually need credit help. Right, right, 100%. But to circle back to the past and getting in you in college, we spoke a little bit before the podcast about you playing Division One basketball, correct? Right, right, right. Man, give us a rundown of that because that's huge. Nah, um, so, I mean, pretty much, you know, in high school, you know, um, I played JV my first year, practiced the varsity. You know, sophomore year, you know, played varsity like ten minutes a game. Got in trouble. Um, I think I got into a fight or something. Yeah. And then um, uh, got moved back down to JV. Played played all the minutes, all the games. Gave me more actually exposure. And then um, for my tenth to eleventh grade year, um, what I did was I stopped playing AU basketball um, because I wasn't ready. You know, and so mm-hmm. I just every morning, you know, I just trained every morning five a.m. You know, for the whole summer. I transferred schools. My coach left and went to Louisville. Um, so I was at a big-time high school basketball basketball program. Um, he left and went to college. Then I transferred to a school down the street from my house. And then, um, you know, spent those last two years playing basketball, you know, doing well. And I was getting a lot of Division II offers, mm. a lot of Division II, Division threes, NAIAs. People wanted me to go to JUCO. Um and I actually signed a package deal to go to to a Division two school with uh, my big man, you know. So it was like a package deal. Yeah, familiar. And then so you know during the summer I was working some jobs to make some money here and there. Um, and one day I just called my parents and I was just like, I was like, Mom, listen, like I I, I feel like I gotta I gotta see what Division one if I can at least get there. Mm. Um. So, so yeah, she said, you got to call the coach and let him know. Because I knew the work I put into it to become a really good basketball player. Right. And I said, if I just can get one more year of that, you know, then then I think I can I can get to that level. You know, long story short, went to prep school. Um, You know, balled out there. Um, And then and I got offered a scholarship to go to Texas State University. So, wow. But, yeah, so, I mean, Division One was crazy. You know, it's, it's you know, a lot of the players you play against are, are, are going to the league in the NBA. Yep, these are big-time dudes. Yeah, you know, you walk into to arenas where, you know, I was at a mid-major school, so, you know, the big Division One schools you play in, and it's just like a whole other world. So, um, but it was dope. It, it, it was a dope experience, and I, I'm happy I made a decision to go and at least see if I can get to that level and, and kind of play at that level. So Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm interested in this because I stopped playing right after high school. Like I had a couple of junior college, junior college offers. Right. I could have went to the next level. I see you got bounced too. You could play. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, I was decent. Go check out his Instagram, y'all. <laughs> but no, I, w- I was decent. Now, my concern was I remember I was uh, – I think this is the first time I ever thought about it. I was a junior in high school. I was playing on the varsity team. I was starting. I was doing well. I think I was averaging like 12 points. I was doing decent. 
probably like the third or fourth option. Right. And they have brought in a dude who uh who played for the school before mm. and he led the he led like the division in scoring. Yeah. So he was scoring like twenty seven uh points a game. And they brought him in and I was like, dang, I, like this dude must be up. Because since I was young, I was always worried about getting money. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I wanted to get money. I wanted yeah, yeah. to. I wanted to make more money. I was like, yeah. this dude must be up. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, like he's struggling. Right. He's struggling to make ends meet. Hundred percent. I'm hearing. I'm like, dang, he averaged twenty seven points, and he's struggling. I was like, dude, I'm averaging like twelve. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what what the hell is gonna happen to me? I was like, man, I gotta figure out. I gotta make sure I have something because I I knew. I was like, I can't, I can't be in a position where I can't provide or not have the skills to provide the life that I want for myself. Right. So that's when that was when the seed was planted. Like, I gotta build another skill. When did you decide? Because I'm huge on skills that you can transfer. Like in the business that I'm in, credit repair, I can transfer these skills to any business. Mm. Selling over the phone, speaking over video, email marketing, text mail marketing. These are all things that I can I can transfer. One thing I noticed about the basketball, I can transfer like my discipline, my work ethic, and all that stuff. But the physical skill, no one's gonna hire me at an office to shoot hoops into a right. into a mini hoop. So I was like, I gotta 100%. figure something else out. When was that point for you? Because I know a lot of dudes have a hard time giving up their you know their hoop dreams. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you know, once I left, once I left college, and, it, and honestly, it really didn't have to do with making money. That's mm. the crazy part. Um. And I know we we about to get a little deeper, but you know I was training to, to go overseas, and I had a lot of, you know, friends and homies that played overseas. So that mm-hmm. part was getting over there wasn't an issue. Um, and then you know just just thinking about my life at the moment. So my grandmother had just got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and I was wow. staying over there, you know, like kind of living with her throughout the first like you know year year and a half. And I was just like, do I want to go overseas and potentially make? Two, three, four, five thousand a month, you know, and be away from my family, or do I want to stay here, you know, look after, you know, my family, you know, and really just kind of just be around my family, and I can make the same money here. And um, I think that's what it was for me. So it wasn't just about the money, okay? And you know, it was about the family, the money, you know, traveling, and I've and I had already traveled across the world. Like I've been to China, I've been to. I've been to a lot of places before I even got, I just went to Thailand right before this whole situation, you know? So that wasn't a thing where I wanted to see the world in that way because I could, I know I could, could do it however I wanted to. So that's kind of where I stayed at. And I just believe that I can make more money or the same amount of money here at least than I would make overseas, but then I'll be with my family. Yeah. So when did you make the switch? Like what, what was that first business where you're like, I'm, I'm done playing basketball because it sounds like for you it was easy. But when I see other people who whose hoop dreams are like coming to an end, right? Like they can't let go. Right. It sounds like it was easy for you. Yeah, because when I was 19, when I was 19, I did my first uh network marketing company, right? Uh-huh. You've done network marketing before, right? Yep. I, I'm I was 19. Right, right. I'm sure everybody has done a network marketing in some way, shape, some or, way, or, shape or form, right? Yep. So for me, my the person that my mother became mm-hmm. I had always seen business and the people who she was around and the people I was exposed to. I always saw business and everything. And um and um, when I was nineteen, uh-huh. I had this kid, you know, me and my best friend, 
you know, um, we were approached by this kid. This kid, you know, used to do drugs. Like, you know, not to say that drugs are bad, but, you know, he was a real, like, he wasn't, like, the smartest. He wasn't, like, the coolest. You know, he wasn't, like, the most, you know, um, intelligent when it came to somebody who you would think that would want to, is like a money maker, right? But uh-huh. he's, or, or didn't have the personality for it. You know, so, um, long story short, he came to me, he was like, yo, man, I think you'll be good, your personality's great, you know, I won, you know, most school spirit of high school, I don't even know how, but I did that, and, um, so I did, so I went. And this is to an event. This is to an event. He, it's, where did he approach you at? It's, I think. On the parking lot, just random? I think he, like, text us or something. Uh-huh. Again, his number, I, I, I remember his name, you know, I mean, he's a good friend. Um, but it was, it wasn't somebody who you would expect to be like, yo, I, this business, you can make a million dollars over here. Yeah. Right? And um, he was like, yo, go to this house event. You know, these and I go to this house event. And it's all like 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. I see like BMWs outside, mm. you know. Um, and I'm like, huh? Because the only people that I knew that are making money or like driving a BMW at that age, you know. Daddy's money. Or, you know, we on the, you, you, you on know, the block. Yeah, we street pharmacists. You know, so... I saw that, and I and I saw the how they spoke. I saw how you know the language was different. Yep. You know, I saw the the quotes they were reiterating. You know, and I was like, "Yo, like was like was good." So then, you know, me and my best friend, you know, at the time we went home. He went to his mom. I went to my mom, and I was like, "Listen, man, we we got this. We got this play. We can make this money. We just need like five hundred dollars." Uh huh. <laughs> and then what's crazy is that. My mom had been a part of network marketing growing up. Uh-huh. She's a big time real estate agent, real real estate guru right now. And um, but when she was my age, she was dibbling and dabbling network marketing. So she actually was like, "Go ahead," but she said, "It's gonna take up a lot of your time." And I was like, "Nah, I can just do a part time, whatever." So long story short, I get started. That was my first business, and um, I absolutely made no money. And I was doing it up until like, you know, halfway into my first year in college. Uh huh. No money made though. No money made. No money made. But I'm sure the skills and the mindset shift, would you say that experience was worth it? Oh, 100% because that's when I started to get into people like Eric Thomas. That's when I started to, you know, read, um, not read Rich Dad Poor Dad, but pay more attention to it. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people read it. Right. That's a best selling book, but a lot of y'all still broke. Right, 100%. And, um, and, and Rich Dad Poor Dad and, um, you know, the business of the 21st century. And, you know, books like, you know, Eric Ward, GoPro, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I've read all these too. Yeah, yeah, that's like a big, like, network marketing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If you're in network marketing, you, you got to read GoPro. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, it completely changed my mindset. It, and it changed it changed uh, my lingo, More, most importantly. Mm-hmm. It changed my lingo because as an athlete, I feel like we always have to go hard or, you know, extra hours in the gym or putting up more shots or getting more throws in a football f- football field, more kicks on the soccer field. Yep. You know, working with other people. Yep. That's huge. Yeah, but in this industry at the time, in this particular business, the lingo changes. So you start to, you know, say different things. You start to, you know, learning how to approach people. You learn how to, you know, leverage when you don't have no success. You know, you learn how to, you know, do these things. But the one thing that I did and this is probably the the, the the thing that most people don't do, and I was just brave enough to do, but I will always like try to go to like the top person, or like go hang out with the top person and say what, just like 
be of service or like, you know, just be around, bro. Getting in the room. So so get in the room. And even though I wasn't making enough money or any money, not enough money, I wasn't making no money. You know, the, <laughs> the, the auto shit was just going through. Like, But how are you getting in the room? Like, what value are you bringing in that situation? Somebody who's at the top. Like, somebody who's watching this, they're like, I'm trying to get around a certain person. Right. Like, I want to make this connection. What do I need to do to make the connection while still remaining genuine? So you got to do three things in order to get into the room. You got to pay your way, serve your way, or earn your way. Mm. I couldn't pay my way. I couldn't earn my way because I didn't have the results. Yeah. But I could serve my way. And at the at the time, or just even today, like serving your way could be, you know, helping set up. Or like it can be, you know, um, if there's a call to be done, let me open up the call. You know, or, you know, yep. serving as in, you know, doing the activities needed to do in order to help the overall team build the business. Mm-hmm. Even though you may not get the results, they see, hmm, this, this is somebody to keep an eye on. And yep. people don't understand, you know, at first, you're going to have to work more than what you're paid for. And then eventually you'll get paid for, paid more than the work you do. Yep. And at that age, I didn't necessarily understand it, you know, in a calculated way, but I just did it. Did it. I just did it. So while people were worrying about, man, I didn't make, I got to make this amount of money. My, I didn't necessarily have money goals. I had like daily activity goals. Like, Ooh. like what, what is your DMO, your daily method of operation? Mm. Or like, you know, uh, what, what are the income producing activities yep. that you're doing? How many people are you exposing yourself to or your product to or your opportunity to? And that can go with anything. You know, how many times are you doing something while people aren't seeing it? So when people do see it, you got all this content that people can go back years and years and years yeah, and like see. He's been on it. He's been on it. Now, now it's like I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Yup. So like that's that's kind of how I got myself in the room. Just you know serving for serving serving the team. And I'm gonna say this, man. We, uh-huh. we got to understand that before you have your vision, before before God, you know, gives you your vision, He's gonna put you in a in a position to help somebody serve their own vision first. Cause you cannot you cannot serve your own vision, or you can't have your own vision and want people to serve you if you have never served anybody else. Right. So like equivalent e- exchange. Right. So even this weekend, I'm at an event. I'm at an event for for my mom, and I'm and I'm filming her. That's my service to her vision. Yep. Now on the back end, when I have vision, when I have something to do, you know, and she sees the value in it, she's gonna she's gonna serve my vision, just cause. I'm not asking for that, but I know, but I know it's going to come reciprocity. And what we also don't understand is, or we also have to understand is the fact that whenever you plant a seed or you serve somebody, you know, it's not going to ever come back in the way that you, it was served. Mm. So yeah, man, unexpected. That's how you got to get in the room though. Yeah, absolutely. Serve people. Now we, I I mentioned in the beginning, right? Six figures, Uh no product, right? Just give me a rundown. Cause I, I, I've been doing products, man. Like I make a lot of products. Like I write books. Right. I offer services. Like I'm I'm putting together deals and bundles. So that's like a vast majority of my work is like literally creating what it is I'm going to promote. Right. In your situation, you can literally focus on just getting in front of the people that you need to get in front of. Right. What's the step by step to if somebody wants to do network marketing, affiliate marketing, middleman services. How can I make my first six figures? Because that's where everybody wants to get to. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that you know, um, especially when you like the plug, plug or the middleman, 
you can never focus on yourself. You have to focus on other people. Like, like you know, if I'm trying to get somebody to, you know, be a part of this or be a part of that, I'm never thinking about me. I'm thinking, how can I help you? Hey, what do you need in your life, or, or how can this benefit you? Because I know in the back end, I'm gonna always get the return. But that's how that's how you do it, and it's called leverage. And I talk about this. Life is about what you leverage, who you leverage, and how you leverage. Mm. What you leverage, who you leverage, and how you leverage them or it. And if you can master those things, then then that is amazing. You should never be the person who is. You should never. You should never be the. You should never be the person giving the message. You should be the person bridging the gap for the two people who need to speak. It's the same thing I talked about in the beginning. Yep. Man, and I mean, that's some extremely valuable information. And to kind of wrap it up, what is it, what do you think people need to know about getting into a, a space like yours? Like, If you have one thing or a handful of things that you are, that you would say, this, this is the most important. If you want to get involved in network marketing, affiliate marketing, middleman services, what are, what are those things that are most important? Honestly, you gotta have the here's a you gotta have the information. Like you gotta be you gotta so in my position, uh huh. I've helped close deals with people who are worth ten times as much as me, twenty times as much as me, fifty times as much as me. People will get in a room with someone like that and be like nervous or starstruck. You don't feel that way? I never feel that way because I always know who to leverage and what to leverage. I know how to connect somebody who's worth 50 million to a person who's worth 50 million. I know how to connect somebody who's worth 10,000, you know, to the person that's, you know, worth 10,000 mm-hmm. or or or, or 20,000, right? I just know the proper people to leverage. But then but you have to have access to the information, man. You got to be willing to get into the room. You got to be willing to, you know, serve these people. So for all these years, I've been serving people. I've been the guy Holding the camera. I've been the guy taking less on the deals in the front end. Right. I've been the guy that's, you know, not making money from this transaction. So now when it comes back and at 28 years old now, and it's like, you know, I have access to these people because of the service. And in turn, I have the vehicle now. I have the vehicle, the funds or, you know, the information, uh, the, information the investment, the connections. the connections. So where now I say, yo, look, and as long as the vehicle, as long as the engine is running, we, I can keep going. Mm. Right. So it's all about having access to the information and finding the ones that are going to be here for a long time. That's how we've been able to, in it, for an example, been able to raise over 40 million dollars, you know, in the last year, you know, uh, in terms of just putting people into places and pockets where they can they can earn profits on a on a weekly, daily, monthly, yearly basis, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just for for an example. So you got to have access to the information. But how do you get access to the information? Because that's the number one thing. How do you get access to this information? You got to pay your way. You got to serve your way. Or you got to earn your way. You got to pay your way. Those are the three things. You got to serve your way. You have to earn your way. And if you want to put it even in a more realistic physical standpoint, you got to either have the money, have the knowledge, or you're gonna have the people. So you either have to have the money to put down. Join the program, join this, join that. You gotta you gotta have the knowledge so people can come learn from you and get value from you. Mm-hmm. Or you have the person who knows the person who has the money, who knows the person who has the vehicle, the and then you connect them to, and then that's how you profit from that situation. So it's all relationships and serving people, it's relationships, it's having access to the information, but that's how you do it. Man. It's that- simple as that. 
That is huge. Now, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Is there anything that you want to plug, Amari? Um, you know, right now, you know, I'm just, you know, just you go to my Instagram, you know, Amari, A-M-A-R-I dot A-B dot Bryant. You know, follow me on there. DM me. Um, we're building a community called Secure Your Future where, you know, we're showing, you know, a lot of people how to secure your future when it comes to finances, when it comes to, you know, everything. You know, spiritually, uh-huh. physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, relationally, spiritually. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. We also have a webinar coming up. Yep, I'll be on that. Yeah, um, November, I think I changed the date, November 6th. Oh, yep, show me the details. Uh, on a Sunday. Um, it's going to be dope. A lot of young entrepreneurs. It's free, only 100 spots available. Um, we're going to have about, you know, eight to ten speakers, you know, yep. people who are actually winning, who are actually giving value. So, yeah, just follow the journey. I'm, I'm excited, bro. I'm excited for you. I'm going yeah. to plug you. Yeah, Go sure. Follow this podcast. <laughs> you know, get some gems from this podcast because yeah. I believe that this is going to be one of the biggest. I believe that this is going to be one of, if not the biggest podcast in all of 2023. And we're, land, we're landing the, 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 the foundation right now. So I'm excited Absolutely. for you, bro. I'm happy I'm, to be a part of your success. Same, man. I'm glad that I can speak at the event. I'm going to link all that stuff right down below, guys. I really appreciate you, and I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace.